This episode of this podcast is making me thirsty is brought to you by Astonishing Tales of the Sea. Order today and receive a free copy of Astonishing Bear Attacks. Thank you for listening to this podcast is making me thirsty. If you dig it, pass it on. Check out our YouTube channel, subscribe, iTunes, follow us on Twitter at This Thirsty. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. This podcast is making me thirsty. Episode 53, Peter Kelligan. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. The number one destination for Seinfeld fans This is episode 53. Today actually marks our one year anniversary. We recorded our first episode one year ago today. Our guest this week is a Canadian actor and writer. In 2009, he was awarded the Alliance of Canadian Cinema, Television and Radio Artists Award of Excellence in recognition of his body of work. He played Ben Bellow in the comedy series 18 to life you know him from the red green show made in canada and of course as lloyd braun in the season five seinfeld episode written by larry david the non-fat yogurt please welcome peter kelligan peter thank you for joining us thank you for having me how you doing good good <laughs> peter welcome to the show and you know you are the lloyd braun in our mind so we're, we're really no, excited. bless your heart i was the first anyway that's a long, sad story. Well, we're, yeah, we'll get into that. So look, take us back. So 1993, um, you've obviously 10 years into your career. You've had a great career thus far. You did some Cheers, some Murphy Brown. How did the, how did the Seinfeld role come about? Um, and and tell us a little bit about that. It was as simple as an audition. And um, uh, Mark Kershaw was casting at the time and, I, you know, you get to know certain people at auditions and for some reason, I, I, it just popped in my head that when I was back there at that time, it was me and Brian Cranston auditioning all the time, sort of neck and neck doing similar parts or similar auditions, because I guess we're similar types. Anyway, I guess he ended up playing the dentist on the show. Yes. Or a dentist. Yeah. He wantly, yeah. Yeah. And after, after about a dozen auditions, we'd both look at each other and go, you were me, you were me. <laughs> anyway, I ended up with Lloyd Braun and um, and had a grand time. I mean, it was uh, it was one of those parts that I always say as an actor, if it's really easy to learn, it's probably very right for you. And, and that's exactly the case with Lloyd, you know, it's sort of a bit of a pompous. Um, um, well, I don't know how to go much further than pompous, but but pompous and uh, arrogant and uh, and. Uh, and slightly full of himself, I suppose. What do you What do you remember about the audition? Was Was Larry and David? Oh, sorry, was Larry and Jerry at the audition? If you recall, yeah, Larry was there. Jerry was there. Uh, the casting director Mark Kirschfeld was there, and I want to say there was maybe a writer or two. It was a pretty full room with maybe five people and me. It's kind of uh, you know, it's kind of intimidating when you when you jump into a, a place like that when you know you're you're the life the very nature of the of the thing you're the stupid new guy you know you're they've been running this marathon and they've been going full tilt for years and you're coming in and you're trying to catch up to them 
And uh, to their credit, you know, when I started doing the show, it was the kind of thing where they knew they were only as strong as their weakest link. So they um, they really embraced the, the guest stars on the show and 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 to their benefit. You know, it was it was very much a, um, something that the really good shows tended to do because they knew that they wanted you to 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 rise to the occasion and to catch up with what they were doing. and. Um, so you know they 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 would befriend you at the craft table, and you know Larry David was as was was as gracious as ever, and asked me if I had any ideas, and I said, you know, I don't know, let's let's you know let me bring a bouquet of flowers to Mrs. Costanza to really rub it in, and blah blah blah, <laughs> and try this and that, and all sorts of stuff, and, and and as soon as you felt at home, you you started to do more and more and more, you started to give more, and. Um, and uh, that's that's I guess the, the the beauty of that show the the uh, the camaraderie and the and the group effort involved. Yeah, we get that a lot from the guest stars we talked to. That it was pretty much unlike any other show in that respect, or most yeah. other shows where they let the guest stars shine. Um, yeah, Larry David wrote that episode, and it's funny when you mentioned the pompousness because your lines in the first scene, just right off the bat, a lot of major chicks in this place. <laughs> just like you, right <laughs> off the bat, you're, you're establishing who this guy is. And just oh like, yeah. It's so yeah. good, and uh, yeah, the writing was the writing yeah. was top notch. There was there was never a problem, and and you know when you start with something like that, and and it's easy to learn, and it's fun to do, you know that it's going to shine, you know, right. and and you know that you're established in the first few seconds. And once once that happens, you you get on the sail on the on the surfboard, and you just you, you sail. You mentioned uh, bringing the flowers, so that's another scene we love. Is I, I believe you might be our first guest who's had a real big scene with Frank and Estelle. Um, you know, we really wanted to get your take on, on working with um, with Jerry Stiller and Estelle Harris in that scene. I mean, it was just, it's an incredible scene. It's one of our favorite scenes, just the way yeah. they react to you and everything. With George yeah, so and they had good. me come in looking like Darth Vader, I think, with that big <laughs> coat, and and I'm, I'm kind of towering over them. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of I mean, those all those actors. I mean, they're just top of the game and lovely people, and and um, and, and the more. The more they gave you, the more you wanted to do, and and uh, you know there there is a certain time when you're when you're going too far, and maybe the flowers. I don't remember if I ended up bringing flowers or not, but if I didn't, that, that maybe was a little bit rubbing rubbing it in too much. But um, you know uh, that 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 whole scene being uh, between the three of them and the three of them having the chemistry that they already have, and me me becoming the fly in the ointment for that whole thing was was just such a joy, and. Uh, and he did. Uh, 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 Jerry had a, a really hard time with his lines. I remember that. Um, <laughs> but you know, when he got them, when he when he when he when he delivered them, boy, they were they couldn't be better. Couldn't be better. And yeah, her you, voice, her, you know, and the fact that I just you, I just thought, and she just thought that I was the bee's knees. <laughs> such such a joy, such a joy. Oh, that Lloyd Braun, he is something, right? There's <laughs> that delivery. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think yeah, everyone can kind of relate to that, right? Everyone kind of has a friend or something that your mother kind of just always cherishes in a, in a weird way. And that's Lloyd. Oh, right? yeah. And, you know, growing up, you, you always learned how to, how to butter up mom and dad, if you're taking, especially if you're taking the girl out. You know, it was, it was a thing that you did. And it was, it was a thing that... Uh, that usually did work if you were very polite and courteous to mom and dad that you could, you know, you could, you could bring her home an hour later, you know, it was one of those things. 
So what's what's great about this episode, you know, it's such a New York centric episode. You're the big advisor for Dings, right? How much and from Canada, like, and again, that was a election. I remember back in 93, it was a close election. And, and we'll get into kind of like, there's obviously different storylines within this one episode that make it so interesting. But um, yeah, did you have to get are really amazing. What's Sorry, that? the logistics are quite amazing. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you in a second. But yeah, what, what was the question? Yeah, so I'm just curious, like, how much they prepped you on, like, who Dinkins was, like, um, to, to prep for the for the Lloyd Braun role? Well, the reality was that uh, I had been living there for a few years anyways. And, oh. you know, being a Canadian living with America down south, it's like one of our prime ministers said, it's like sleeping with an elephant. You feel every move. So we know what's going on down there, generally <laughs> speaking. You know, we know, we watch Chauvin's trial now. We are, we watch the, the Trump thing. And we, you know, we're, we're pretty up on most things America, unlike perhaps Australia or countries that are further afield. Anyway, um, and we sound like it, we look alike. Anyway, um, the reality was that uh, we shot two versions so that whoever lost the election lost it because of the name tags. So we shot a version where I was Dinkins' assistant and we shot a version where I was oh, Giuliani's that's assistant. how you did it. We were wondering how you did it. All right. So yeah. so you shot, so you had to shoot a whole thing saying you were Giuliani's assistant and, and came up with the name tag idea, then a whole thing saying you were Dinkins' assistant and you came up with the idea? Yeah. Oh, wow. And the, the real amazing thing at the time, you know, this is sort of pre, you know, explosive technology, though, is that both of those candidates agreed because the show was so hot. Both of those candidates agreed that the day after the election, which was, I want to say a Thursday, I might be wrong. I think the election was Wednesday. Uh, we shot it on Wednesday and they both agreed that on the morning of airtime, which I think was Thursday evening, they would uh, um, uh, satellite a feed in to say, we're going to look into the scourge of this, you know, or whatever, whatever right, the right. Giuliani button a was. Speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah the little speech at the end that, that whoever, the, whoever the winner was. And there wasn't a concession, concession speech, but it was Giuliani, I think, talking next day. Wow, Pretty so it, it actually was, it played better with the way it played, with Dinkins being the incumbent and losing, I think, because that also played up the Estelle stuff about, and, and Frank stuff about, you were actually the mayor's assistant, right? With the Giuliani stuff, I guess you would have just been Giuliani's assistant, and it wouldn't have been at the cachet of, like, you know, that he's actually yeah. working for the mayor and got that whole name tag in place, and it was actually happening. Wow, so so was your, was your shooting uh, schedule longer than normal having to shoot double things or they sort of just worked it all in and no we were so damn good we knocked it off in the same amount of time that's my memory anyways it might have been a little different i, right. I don't know what the regular shooting schedule was. i had nothing to compare it to obviously because it was the first episode i have ever done so that's that's what i know about it right oh, that's cool i mean this is interesting were uh was were dinkins and giuliani on set or did they have like separate shootings no, we shot the show in L.A. and they're in New York, obviously. So, uh, yeah, we we uh, they were never on set. No, it was always it was always remote feeds from them. Yeah. So Larry David would send the private jet, you know. But it, it, <laughs> yeah. it's funny you, you mentioned Larry David and how how generous he was and like ideas for the flowers. He pretty much worked 
across the board here with everyone except Kramer on the show, right? The opening scene with Jerry and you hitting on Elaine. I mean, that was just an incredible scene. Jerry not saying anything, I think, was just pure comedy gold. You kind of doing your thing, jabbing George. And then obviously the parents. And then obviously the date with Elaine. Uh, I mean, that Lloyd Braun face is unforgettable. I mean, any stories about those three um, that come to mind back, back, back in 93? Uh, <clears throat> my memory is sketchy at this point. It's a long time ago. Uh, I remember um, Elaine was, had just given birth. Uh, 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 Julia had just given birth and was breastfeeding. I remember that. And then there was a lot of running back and forth to dressing rooms and 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 uh, bottles being left in refrigerators and things <laughs> to deal with for some assistant to deal with. Um, uh, 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 George, um, what's his name? Good Jason. God. Yeah, Jason, Jason, Alexander. Jason Alexander was was one of the the most welcoming guys. Just uber friendly, talking about some sort of new diet craze that he was on it might have been one of the first Atkins something or other and uh Jerry Jerry and um and um the rest of the guys you know like the writers and you know they were always kind of busy with with doing whatever they needed to do to rewrite or to uh, uh so you know they weren't you know Larry wasn't always at the craft table being buddy buddy but whenever the opportunity arose he was he was always right there and and right in there and laughing at your mistakes and laughing at what you did. And um, um, Michael Kramer was, was kind of the odd man out in a lot of ways. And I may have heard this from other guest stars, but he was always, I, I, I heard that he was always kind of like the Marx brothers in that the Marx brothers, whenever they did something twice, it was never as good as the second time. So Michael Kramer would be constantly off on his own doing his own practicing for some new way of coming in because if he did it twice it, it wouldn't feel as fresh for him so he was he was a bit of a loner in that sense that he um he uh he, he was always off doing his own thing in the way that he wanted to do it um i guess that's about all i can think of right now i got some good pictures i got my sister a really nice seinfeld sweatshirt signed by everybody and that's got to be worth something. Man. Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like it was a great time. We all love Lloyd Braun, you know. Uh, and then Lloyd Braun comes back in season seven, you know, a couple of years later, 95. Different Lloyd Braun. Um, different Lloyd Braun. Right. I mean, to me, you know, to us, you are Lloyd Braun. The, the, the second Lloyd Braun, the, ca the character is different, right? He's not the put-together pompous guy we just talked about he's more of a little bit more out there he suppose he lost his mind whatever it is what yeah falling from grace kind of guy yeah, yeah. exactly so 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 t take us through what, what what's going on here why why were you did you not want well, to come back to the edge come back to something else going on was your schedule not permitted was it just we just i had I, I had no idea i mean i did a couple of cheers but i had no idea there was going to ever be any continuity to this character so there was never any consideration that yeah. i was going to hang around Los Angeles for this kind of thing. Right, right. In the in the interim, uh, I had two very small children, both both of which were were born down there in, in ninety two and ninety four, and uh, we 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 wanted them in their early years to be back in Canada for so many reasons, like 
you know, family help, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So uh, back in the day, you worked on something called an H-1 visa, which was a visa for foreigners with, I guess they called it extraordinary merit. Basically, what you had to do was to petition, you know, the bureaucrats in Washington to say, oh, I got this award and this award in my country. And so I deserve to be in your country doing great things, presumably. Right, right. <laughs> so uh, that's what happened. And you would get you would get a visa that would last two years. So I worked down there for uh, I want to say four years, or maybe it was a little hangover from another H visa. Anyway, <clears throat> long story short, uh, decided to come home and let the visas expire. Never considered anything. So um, all of a sudden, I get a phone call from my agent down there who said that um, Mark Hirschfeld had called and said, we're bringing your character back. And can you get down here? And I said, of course I can. Yeah, great. Wonderful. And um, hung up the phone thinking that, oh, sure, Castle Rock, NBC wouldn't have any problem getting any foreigner a, a visa for a show that they had done previously, you know, that only they can do it, et cetera, et cetera. So I thought, uh, this is exciting. I'm going to do this thing. And um, then I thought, you know, out of abundance of caution, I'm going to give my immigration lawyer that I had worked with a call and see what the deal was. So I called this guy and he says, oh, yeah, 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 it's no problem. Uh, you have to do this, this and this. And I said, yeah, that's all together. And you need two weeks processing time. I said, oh, well, I'm sure they can expedite that. He said, oh, no, no, they, they, they can't expedite that. That's just the way it works. You can't you can't do anything about that. So I start to sweat profusely and um, I start, you know, scurrying around for the paperwork that I know I have. And then this lawyer that I had for this immigration work calls me back and says, I just got a call <laughs> from the, the, the Seinfeld production company looking for advice on how to get you down to the United States to do the second episode of Seinfeld. And I said, oh, and? And he said, well, I had to tell them the same thing, that there's certain rules and regulations around the INS that they need two-week processing time, and two weeks is expedited. And I and I just said, oh, this 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 can't be happening. It it can't be happening. And so, they were incredibly um, gracious. Uh, Mark said, I will call you on the morning that we're auditioning for this part because we got to do it in two weeks, because they you know episodic TV they never worked that far in advance, right? They right. just it goes week by week and then two weeks ahead of time or whatever the time was. I did not have the two week processing time. And so I was just scrambling. I was faxing the prime minister of Canada. I did, I did everything I possibly could to, to get down there. And at the end of the day, I, I couldn't do it. It just couldn't be done. And subsequently, I'd heard that, you know, this, the uh, H visa had been, um, the, the actors union, sag after down there, had been complaining that so many foreign act actors were coming in under, these, under the umbrella of the H visa that they started to ask the INS to change the rules a little bit two weeks processing time was was one of the ways that they try to amend it to uh, give more opportunity to um, uh, American actors. And, and then there was a, something called the Taft-Hartley where they had to prove that only you could do the part and all kinds of other things. Gosh. But anyways, I was, it was just, it was one of the most devastating times ever. Uh, one of the biggest regrets of my life that I couldn't go down and do this. Wow. Stuff. Oh man. That's an incredible story. I mean, and honestly, I, not to 
belittle it, but great to hear because we it was glad it was great that you were wanted and wanted to get brought right, back. Right, yeah, that's you that to be the, part. You know, the irony of it, it's funny. The in season four, they had a whole edit episode dedicated called the visa dedicated immigration with Babu, and he ended up getting kicked out. Um really? so clearly, yeah, clearly the writers yeah, maybe, moved. maybe they wrote it because of that. I don't know. Yeah, but uh Wow, that's incredible. But hey, listen, for like we've always said, for our money, you are the Lloyd Braun. And we know Lloyd Braun is is based on Larry David's old um, uh, old lawyer, and he did big things with ABC television. Did you ever meet the real Lloyd Braun? No, no, I knew nothing. Larry, you know, Larry told me probably on set that that was probably the case, but I, I never met anybody like this guy at all uh, <laughs> I, I suppose what you're saying is that larry said that this lloyd was a childhood friend that they grew up with and he was always overshadowing uh, eclipsing larry david with mom and dad and that kind of thing is that what you're i think, I think well th i think he had someone in mind that but he just used the name the, yeah uh, the actual uh, name uh, okay okay oh, i see okay. of his attorney so uh, yeah and then he went out to do a lot bigger, there's yeah. a few times they've used real names. Um, so, so, Peter, we just wanted to touch on this. One, thing. one other story I did, just popped into my head. Sorry, you asked for stories and memories and the thing. That kid that comes in and says, yes. Thank, thanks for fucking up my dad's business. <laughs> whatever yeah, whatever he, he fat, said. Piece of shit. That, no, that, if it was extra time and shooting anything, that was, that was the one. Because nobody, nobody could keep it together. And, and it came to one of those times, and you've probably talked to actors before, where it becomes a chemical thing. And you can't even look at somebody knowing that you're anticipating this line to come up because you know you're going to go. And it's almost painful. It's, it was painful. And this kid comes in with these big innocent eyes and says, thanks for whatever he says. And, and, and Jerry, was, Jerry was gone from the very beginning. It was, yeah, that was, that was a... There was a, there should be an outtake reel with a bunch of those things on it. Oh, I'd love to see that. I mean, yeah, we I mean, we, we did a ranking of every episode before we, we started having guests on our, our podcast. And this is in the top 30. I think they landed like 32 or in the top 30 somewhere because it's just incredible. Lines like that, your character. I mean, this could easily be one of the all-time greatest episodes, <laughs> um, especially with that with that kid, yeah, the kid. What a lot of you, you know, NBC primetime, Jerry's not even known as a as a you know working blue comedian let alone so just slipping in the you know what the fuck are you doing you piece of shit i mean it was just incredible uh, it was so many great lines oh and i and i think they started to embellish it too because jerry you know they knew that they were having such a hard time so they tried changing it around a bit with different curse words and it just it just went downhill from there it was so it, good it was so oh good. it was painful painful um you you had mentioned you know earlier and you know we obviously we're, we're big fans of, uh, of cheers as well and i know you did two 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 episodes of, of cheers and we had um Anthony Stark on, um, who was on both Seinfeld and Cheers, and he kind of compared the sets uh, for us. And I know you just went over what it was like on on Seinfeld set. Uh, you know, it was kind of a well-oiled machine. You were there. The, you were there, literally in the prime of the prime, season five, middle of season five. I mean, that's like height of Seinfeld. And, and with Cheers, I think it was the last season that you were on. But they must have been. From what we gathered, their set was a little bit looser than Seinfeld's set, perhaps. They might not, I mean, they're both obviously professionals, but, um, you know, Cheers maybe was a bit more of a, not frat housey, but we've heard that it's a bit bit more, 
you know, less buttoned up maybe than, than, than Seinfeld. Do you have any stories about the cheer set? Or well, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to tell too many tales as well, but there were, there were certain, there were certain addiction problems with certain people. And so that um, certain things had to be moved around from day to day when certain people didn't show up. And uh, oh, okay. so there was, there was some, there was some issues there. And, but, but for the most part, very, very much the same thing. James Burroughs was, 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 was king of the hill there, as was Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld in the other, uh, in the other case. And I, and I got to say, with all my experience as an actor for whatever it is now, 35 years, that the very best of all um, series, movies, whatever I've done, comes with the... the, the knowledge that there's one auteur involved i've done a few shows up here that have been hugely successful up here and um and and as well as down there and when the power is is concentrated within one voice within one or two uh, you know sort of primary points in in a in the creative decision making it is inevitably always always better whenever there was here and there whenever there's network interference and whenever there's Joe Blow and Mary Sue adding their two cents in for whatever creative decision is trying to be made and writing jokes or scenarios, even though some of the ideas might be better, it's not going to be better because there's a very sort of delicate sort of karma involved with how lines are written for certain characters in certain ways and somebody that has that experience will be able to do that uh, organically rather than in any kind of uh, intrusive way so as and as i say it, it, it even if it's funnier it's not going to be funner because it's not this organic thing and that's very much the case with both cheers and uh, and seinfeld and and murphy brown to a great extent all of those people breaking bad you, sopranos any any of these shows will will show you that there are will show network executives, which they don't, they have a hard time understanding because I think there's an awful <laughs> lot of justifying jobs. Uh, right. But the, in most cases, that's, that's the case. And, you, and uh, you, certainly was in those cases. And you made a lot of like big cult following shows just there. Um, obviously Seinfeld is one of the biggest ones and it's, it's coming to Netflix this summer. So it should be an increased boost, but do you, do you often or still, I know it's 20, she's plus 25 plus years ago, but do you still get stopped in the street and people reference Lloyd Braun? Yeah, I do every once in a while. And oddly, whenever I go down to the United States, I, people say I'm Dr. Oz. They, they actually <laughs> believe firmly <laughs> that I am Dr. Oz traveling the, the States for whatever. And, and I, I, my mother sees it. I, I don't get it. But anyway, yeah, bit, well, I'm. I'm low boy brawn. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And even up here, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I've done, gosh, I want to say three or four, maybe five, um, series, uh, or that lasted one of them for 15 years, 15 seasons. And one of the first questions is almost always, what was it like on Seinfeld? You know, it's <laughs> one of those touchstones of, of, of our culture now that, uh, and even, even that they even transposed itself into, you know, 2021, as opposed to, you know, the hottest show like MASH from years ago, you know, I think it's, it's got more legs than so many other shows that have come before. 
And it's one of those episodes where some people don't even know the title. They just, they refer to it as the Lloyd Braun episode, you know? So it's like the point where they like guest star shine, you clearly stepped up and like, and having that reference, I think it's just kudos to you. Uh, you're very kind. Thank you. Yeah, Peter, this has been- this Maybe they'll been... do a movie. <laughs> well, they did, you know, the, the, the finale brought people back, I, but I, you're, you didn't really wrong them. That They used a lot of people they brought back, usually was wronging them. In this case, it was almost like you were, you wronged, they wronged you almost in a way, not so much, which is not, well, that yeah, doesn't happen a lot. They got me guests. fired, yeah. Yeah, exactly. With guest yeah. characters, usually <laughs> the, the, main, the main four are the ones getting, you know, getting hosed, but in this case, it sort of was like... But um, yeah, I mean, this has been great. Is there anything that we, you know, that we didn't touch on that you maybe had thought of that was, uh, you know, that you wanted to kind of um, maybe about the onset or anything like that, that, that any stories you had that we didn't uh, ask about that you wanted to share for? Uh... I can't, uh, nothing in particular. I mean, it was a, it was a real um, stellar time in, in, in um, especially for television and broadcast television, you know, things are changing a lot these days and different, different, um, different ways of, of uh, making television is, is, uh, is changing the landscape a great deal. And, and so many of the rules that were, that were applicable back then were something called pilot season, which lasted from January to about April or May in Los Angeles doesn't really exist anymore because, you know, Netflix will start up a show in May and NBC is doing half of what it used to. Mm. Um, so things are things are, are morphing, but you know, good stuff is good stuff, and, and Seinfeld was right up there with with good stuff. And um, I the the rap party for that year at Seinfeld was um, was at um, the Griffith Observatory. Oh, they wow. rented out the whole place, and it was just 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 brilliant, just brilliant. And oh, you so should try to get the gag reel because it does exist. So the yeah. rap party, the rap party is that everyone from season five, like guest stars, etc., come come to that. Yeah, yeah, all the regulars, all the guest stars, all the crew, all all everybody, all the, the network executives, they all show up at the Griffith Observatory and and quaff champagne and and. Um, well, you are you are, season five is our favorite season. That's incredible that uh, that party must have been something. <laughs> <laughs> it was a it was a hell of a party, yeah. But again, you know, I I'm I'm just like one little cog in this giant thing. Where right, but all these cogs. I mean, that's that's what our podcast is all about. Is 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 the the guest stars who you know we always say I always like to say. I mean, without without the guest stars, and, and a lot of it sounds like Hirschfeld is is one of the key important people in all this because he's casting these he's casting you and, and all these guest stars um, so perfectly. I mean, no one, the, the lines you deliver and, you know, a lot of major chicks in this place and, uh, wow, that's a bitch, you say at one point when uh, I think George is complaining, like just, you know, no one's delivering the, the way they're casting uh, these parts, they just know, are just incredible how it all comes together. And I think it is a testament you're talking about before with Larry David and Jerry at the helm, you know, it's top down and it's it's making sure that everyone has, you know. Yeah, well, well, well Mark just, just fed the machine, you know, and it was up to them to decide, oh yeah, that's that's the guy that's saying the lines, right, you know, yeah. But it was- I don't know, I don't was, remember if Cranston was in on that. Was, was Cranston's character in before? After you. After? Yep. Well, then I'm, I can almost guarantee you he was up for Lloyd Braun. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, we hear stories like from, um, 
for a lot of people when yeah when the audition was happening like the people waiting in the room or trying to audition were like you know top of the top so i'm sure cranston and you cross paths on, on seinfeld as well yeah oh, i think i like cranston cranston was just the you know uh I, th I think that everything that he that he what was it boy meets world what was that show that he did after malcolm, malcolm in the middle malcolm in the middle boy meets world yeah <laughs> same thing i i, I yeah I, I think he did that uh subsequently right i, I think he did that uh want to say mid late 90s something like that yeah, so anyways his, that. his heyday came came after uh, i i was gone otherwise did, I um, did the Visa log had changed from between now, between 90, whatever, 96 and, and now? You know, I keep hearing all sorts of odd comments about how visa laws have changed and they went back and forth with, with successive governments and, and, and lobbying efforts by the Canadian government and the Canadian Actors Union and the American Actors Union. Uh, I don't, the, uh, the bottom line is I don't know. Um, if it if it has, I hope it's to the to the benefit of people that that, that were in positions like mine because mm. you know that was blatantly very unfair. And you know if I if I didn't want to play by the rules, I could have just said yes, I, I have the visa. And then when it came to you know because I had a social security number and just had gone down there. And when came came time for um, for payment, then there's my visa, <laughs> something like that. But right. that's you know that. Hindsight again is twenty twenty, but I, you know, playing by the rules, it's just, uh, it's hard, and it's, you know, it's like when you're in business like this, and even getting an H visa, where you have to uh, uh, prove to a bureaucrat that is not necessarily any kind of creative person that you are a creative entity of worth, is is a complicated thing, and when they're trying to make rules up for how. Uh, immigration and everything else should run it's 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 not necessarily going to go well and that's one of the things we struggle with in this country is that you know we have an awful lot of uh, government subsidies for Canadian content in this country which you don't need or want in your country because you have a self-sufficient industry uh, but it's 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 a complicated thing and it's it's not necessarily the best role the best way to go but it's it's what we got yeah. Well, listen, for what it's worth, we mentioned before, you know, you are our choice for Lloyd Braun. Um, you carried that episode and we're just, we're glad we, we, we got to the bottom of it. And I think a lot of fans are going to be interested in that. So it's, it's, it's great to hear. It was, it had nothing to do with. Bureaucracy and red tape were always the problem. But everything. Yep. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, this has been great, Peter. We really uh, thank you so much for your time. Well, this thank is, you. Uh, Thanks for having me. I yeah, I mean, yeah, this is, I mean, the behind the scenes stuff, the, the, the double, double shooting, you know, double, two different endings and, and just everything. It's been, uh, does Jerry and Larry know you're doing this? <laughs> We'd like to think so. Yeah. Well, I mean, we reached out to Jerry, no, we reached out to Jerry a few times, actually. Um, Larry's a little hard to get a hold of, uh, but we have reached out to Jerry a couple of times and, you know, yeah. we're, we're working on it. We've been doing this a year now. Today's our year anniversary. So, Oh, that's great. Congrats. Um, yeah, thank you. Thanks, Peter. Yeah, thank you so thank much, you. Peter. This has been great. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll let you know when it's out and everything. So, okay. Cool. Thanks, Cheers. Peter. Thanks. All Take the care. best. All the best. Thank All you. Best. All right.